Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female, you may ask? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She constantly strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony, but knows that it requires being true to your priorities and what makes you happy. She is never complacent about striving for better and always nurtures the relationships with the people in her life. So let's get started. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 42. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we are talking to Rita Catalino. Rita is a certified personal trainer, online coach, motivational speaker, fitness columnist, cover model, solution finder, and mother. Her passion for fitness and helping others can be attributed to having gone through many of her own struggles with weight her entire life. After fighting a family trend of obesity, she decided to make a positive change after giving birth to her daughter in 2007, transforming those obstacles into a positive philosophy shared with those who work with her. Rita's clientele ranges from beginners to athletes alike. Her philosophies and ideas are centered around helping people find the best version of themselves, their optimal self, following a balanced, sustainable lifestyle that Rita herself has been living over the past nine years. This lifestyle includes daily movement, gratitude, proper nutrition, and balance, first and foremost. I'm hoping to change that to harmony instead of balance. So welcome, Rita, to the show. I'm so excited to get you on. So when I first sent you the definition of alpha female, I want to know what you thought about it and tell our listeners how you are an alpha female. Well, it's funny as you were, because you, when you sent the initial email and I got the definition of an alpha female, I had never really thought about it. So as I was reading it, I was like, that, that's me. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's me. That's me. That's me. That's me. So I was like, wow, it's just so cool to see it in written form and then know that I'm not some weirdo from outer space, that there's an actual definition and that it, you know, it really resonated with me on many levels. And I think, uh, you know, being true to your authentic self was what, you know, and I don't even see it right now. I don't have it pulled up, but that's kind of what stuck out with me and that you're going to have a lot of barriers along the way and a lot of people question who you are and how you go about things, but that if you continue down that path of your kind of putting blinders on to everything else, that you'll, you'll reach that goal. And when you get to that goal and you really truly become that authentic self that you were meant to be, others will appreciate you more and will accept you more. Mm, I love when you say keep our blinders on because in the definition I have the sentence, when we stay true to our authentic selves and stay true to our mission, we shine. And in a world of you know constant barrage of information and ideas and social media and, oh, I could be doing this, oh, I could be doing this, when we put our blinders on and stay no, this is my mission. Like I'm going to stick to this one mission right now and then authentically shine through. Everything just gets better. hundred percent. That's how I feel. 
Cool. So my next question is usually like, what does your work-life harmony look like? So I want to get into that, but also share with us how you put your blinders on. So what are you, you know, focusing on and then structuring your work and life around? Well, you know, it, it hasn't been an easy, um, you know, I can't just sit back and say, well, this is what I do. And I do it exactly this way every day because every day presents itself differently. And I mean, I struggle a lot. And I think being an alpha female, um, the road to alpha is not easy because we are such strong. We're such strong people at the same time. We're very sensitive. Mm-hmm. So we do allow things to affect us. We do allow people's opinions or situations or others' accomplishments or, or others' failures to affect our own life. And so the past, you know, I had, I actually had some issues a couple of years ago with stress and it came down to myself taking on other people's stress and other people's accomplishments as my own. And so that was a real eye opener for me, noticing that my own stress and my own health was being affected by others. So it's not until I decided to take my own life and my own, I guess, vision into my own hands and have almost like a tunnel vision that things started to become a lot more clear and I became healed in the process. Mm. So that looks a little different on a daily basis, Robin, because some days I wake up and I do wake up with a little bit of anxiety because of maybe what happened the night before. Maybe I didn't sleep well. Maybe there, uh, you know, maybe I had a discussion or a fight with my husband. So if I feel that bit of anxiety kind of coming up when I wake up, I know it's only going to get worse throughout the worse throughout the day. So I kind of have to nip it in the bud from the get go. So instead of maybe, you know, former Rita jumping on social media or something like that, I'll take time to myself. I use crystals a lot. So I have crystals, I have grounding crystals. So I'll do a little bit of a mantra just to remind myself, you know, where I am, uh, where I need to be, where my focus needs to be. Um, you know, I might do that in darkness. I might do it lying in bed. I might do it curled up with my daughter in her own bed. It's not always in stillness. It might look different every day, but I do use a bit of the morning to thank God, to thank, uh, to be grateful for where I am and what I'm doing because when you live in, and I know, I know I keep hearing this over and over again, and it seems so cliche, but if you really do listen and do try to do these things, it does help when you live in gratitude and you are thankful for whatever it is you're in at that moment, all of the negativity just kind of goes away. Mm-hmm. So I like to, I like to start my morning in, in gratitude with God alone, with my family, with crystals, uh, in the grass, in the basement, in the kitchen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's always different every day depending on what my body needs. Yeah, I love that. I'm having such a hard time with not jumping on social media because I've actually, I've turned off my notifications. So I mm-hmm. no longer get any notifications on my phone. So I'm not looking, you know, at my screen and seeing all these red numbers popping up at me. But mm-hmm. now I'm going in to check. So I'm like, I wake up, I'm like, oh, let's see what happened on Instagram overnight. So I'm starting my day based on others' plans for my life versus my plans. And I'm recognizing that. And I know that so many other people are potentially in that kind of space. So uh, it's great to hear that you're working also towards, you know, not starting your day based on others' anxiety. Well, you're right. And it's true. And I think I struggle with that too, but it's been such a game changer when I don't do that. So, I mean, my iPhone is my, it's my everything. It's how many steps I do every day. It's, you know, checking in on, you know, my daughter's, even my daughter's class at school, they have an app class dojo. So I'm checking in on that. It's my, it's, you know, it's my um, alarm clock. 
It's my, you know, picture thing. It's my Instagram. It's my clients. It's private pages. It's, and so it turns into your whole life. So mm-hmm. I've been turning it on airplane, airplane mode at about, set, well, not every day because there's days my team needs me, but I do turn it on airplane mode Sundays at six, Saturdays at six. And that way there is no excuse, right? Mm-hmm. And every night when I get into bed, I put on airplane mode and I set my alarm. And when I wake up in the morning, I do not take it off of airplane mode until I'm ready to answer the world because I've, like you said, it's everybody else's agenda. So there were days that it's noon. I'm like, I haven't done anything on my own list or on my own agenda yet because I was so busy answering others, other people's agendas, other people's schedules. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I talk about creating my own life and designing my own life, it's exactly that. I want to do what I need to do. So now I've scheduled time. So like 12 to 1 and 2 to 3 are times where I answer emails, I answer people's agendas, I might scroll Facebook for a couple of minutes, might, you know, I say love on, I love on my people, my tribe, you know, other people, I might scroll their posts and give them some love, but that's it. I'm done. Because then I have to go get my daughter and then I'm focusing on her and then I'm going to focus on a beautiful meal for my family. Then I'm going to, you know what I mean? And then, so... I've created, I've time blocked a lot better and I've even time blocked in their time for social media because it is, you know, I get business off social media and I also have relationships on social media. It is the the world we're living in. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to negate that, right? But it's just how do we create a world of social media that adapts to our own vision and our own life design. Mm -hmm. And on uh, episode 14, I had Danny Johnson on the show or Danny J and she's the same way, talks about airplane mode. So I think we hear it once and some people implement it with ease and then other people are like, I wish I could adopt that. And I'm the same way. Like I'll, I'll use it every now and again. And then I kind of struggle and stop putting it on airplane mode. So I love that we're having this conversation because it's, you know, not only going to help others, but especially (laughs) I am selfishly getting a lot out of this. Okay, so we we shared your short bio at the beginning of the show, but let's get into some more of those things and share with us, out of all of the things that you do and life as well, what are you most passionate about? You know, it's funny when I look at, I was thinking about that, when I look at everything I do, it all funnels into the exact same headline, mm-hmm. which is helping other people um helping other people shine, helping other people find their true potential in life, whether it be via, you know, physical, mental, emotional food, another tool, another solution. I feel like I'm the solution finder for people, Mm. you know, in in their life. And it doesn't always look the same way for everybody because everybody comes to me with a different um, issue or a different uh, need. But I think that's it at the end of the day. And, you know, I, I call myself a lifestyle coach and um, when I was in Spain this summer, a lot of people would say, so what do you do? And I'm like, uh, and I didn't even know how to translate. <laughs> it's funny. I don't even know how to translate that. And I'm, so I went into this big spiel. I'm like, I really got to find just kind of that one kind of one tagline and what it is that I do. But I guess I'm a, I'm a solution finder for people. I love that. Yeah. So, so Marie Forleo would call you a multi-passionate entrepreneur, but even that doesn't explain what you do. So I love when you say solution finder because it's true. Like you, 
you know, have your hands in fitness, you have your hands in network marketing, you have your hands in lifestyle coaching, you have your hands in following your passions of traveling and being a foodie and, <laughs> um, and your family, uh, it's so visible. And if anyone follows you on social media or even just goes and like takes a quick glance, if, uh, if you're new to their world, we'll see that your family is your number one priority. So I love that you provide solutions to people in all of those aspects of life. Thank you. Yes, you're right. And it is my family. Family is, is number one and everything I do is relates back to them and how I can do this to spend more time with them in the future or how I can do that to incorporate them or, you know, it, it, it's always about my family. Yeah. In the, in the Shailene Johnson world, it would be your key priority. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. When I named myself, uh, well, one, I've been calling myself an alpha female and no one understood what that meant. So I created a definition, but then and now I've been using the term work-life harmony strategist. So oh, I'm, what, repeat that again. I love that. Work-life work harmony strategist. So yeah, so I'm talking to other women, figuring out how their work-life harmony works for them and just bringing that to the forefront of these conversations so people can figure out how it then fits into their life and I'm helping them strategize. So that is my new official term. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So let's get into how you take care of yourself and put self-care first so that you can be of your highest self to others. Um, so what do you do on a daily basis to keep your immune system boosted? Well, you know, it's, I've been just, for, for as long as I can remember, I've been doing uh, uh, warm lemon, warm water every morning when I wake up with half a lemon squeezed in it, like probably since my daughter was born. Somebody said it to me once, and so I just started doing it. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, okay, why would I stop? It makes me feel good, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's essentially, you know, uh, waking up my digestive tract and helping me with my lymph nodes or whatever, you know, or but I like it. So I do it. <laughs> right. Like sometimes I think we do things and I'm like, well, if they make you feel good, then just keep doing them. Right. Why stop? Um, so that's part of my daily routine. Coffee is part of my daily routine. And, you know, I, I source good coffee. I would never give it up. I don't have, you know, issues with coffee. I'm not addicted to coffee. It's not like I, I'm one of those people who don't function without coffee, but I enjoy my coffee, that warm cup of Coffee is, you know, it's my time to wake up in the morning and just use that time with my coffee to, to, to feel good, you know? Um, so my coffee is part of that. Uh, my daily vitamins, you know, I have an AM and a PM pack that has my fish oils and my vitamin C and it has turmeric. I do take turmeric every morning with black pepper because, you know, I don't know, a lot of people probably who are listening to this are already in the health uh, world. So I'm, I'm sure most, most of them know that, you know, turmeric or curcumin is only well absorbed by your body if you use it in, in along with black pepper. So I use these pills that are already, they're capsules and they already have the black pepper and the turmeric in them. So it's like, you don't even have to worry about it. Mm. So that's part of my daily routine. Um, and I, I feel like the focus is, is amazing. When I, when I miss them, I do miss them. Um, and then I take another bunch of herbs and, and supplements from, from the network company. I don't know. Am I allowed to say it? Yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> <For my> <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm like, I'm allowed to <laughs> stepping around eggshells. Everyone, everyone on the show is allowed to promote whatever fills their heart. <laughs> great. Okay, great. So I use a lot of, so the AM and PM pack I use is from Isogenics. And then there's a, 
a product called B Genesis, which is a telomere, which is kind of the newest anti-aging um, uh, research, which are called telomeres, and they shorten your aging um, strain or your DNA, and they minimize it so it helps with anti-aging, supposedly with uh, cancer cells and all that. So I take that daily as well. Um, I make sure that I have a full meal that I have cooked daily. I don't care what's going on in my life. I don't care if it's lunch because dinner I have meetings or if it's dinner because my lunch is crazy and I don't care if I'm alone or in company, but I set the table. I set my fork and knife. I use a cloth napkin and I sit down, I turn social media off and I take time to digest a beautiful meal every single day. Um, because we're all busy and we're all running around, but if we don't do that, you know, it's not going to happen. And then the other, um, and then I do use, you know, our whole plant, our whole based, uh, I use our vegan shakes, which are plant-based shakes. I love them to death, the isogenics ones. And I make sure that I have at least one to two a day to fill my protein and micronutrient needs. Um, what else? I love, uh, yeah, that's an amazing list. I love it because uh, listeners always ask for like tangible uh, ideas. And I love that you're starting your day uh, with lemon. We've talked about the lemon water. I always joke around that it like cleans you out first thing in the morning. Um, so you can but it start off fresh. <laughs> um, and we, I think we've talked about turmeric. I, f- I may have mentioned it on the show. So I, I don't actually talk about the fact that I was diagnosed with MS too often, but I shared tidbits. And I, um, one of the first things that a nutritionist told me is I have to reduce inflammation constantly. So turmeric and black pepper is amazing and something they told me right away. So every time I cook with it, it's like black pepper on everything if I'm adding turmeric, even in my shakes. So that's amazing. And I love the fact that you sit down and eat because that was another thing that naturopaths, I think, are constantly when they have like the busy go, go, go patient, they're always like, when do you eat? Like, is it speedy? Is it in the car? Is it at your desk? Like, are you actually chewing and enjoying your food? Because I don't think we actually realize how much that upsets our digestive tract if we're not enjoying our food. No, you're right. Absolutely. And we're always on the run. We're always on the go. And that affects your uh, digestive system. And if it's just like you, they say, if you eat when you're in a state of, of anger, you are not going to digest that food. A lot of people have bloating issues and not because they're intolerant towards the food, but what state are you eating that food in? How are you letting that food affect your body? If you're angry, if you're sad, you know, I, all of those things, if you're in a rush, if you're stressed, that affects your digestive. You're, they say that your digestive tract is kind of the brain to your body, right? Mm-hmm. So your, your lower body from your shoulders down has its own brain and it's your digestive tract. It's your colon. It's your, um, it's, it's that, it's everything. And if you're not going to the bathroom, you know, I always ask my clients, cause I am a lifestyle coach about their bowel movements. You know, some of them laugh at that, but it's, it's such a big sign to how things are going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And I love talking about poop. It's not, it's not even funny. Um, and (laughs) I want to make people just so much more comfortable about talking about it. And it's funny, I'm at the time of this interview, I have been in Ottawa 
now for five months. I moved in April and I had to restart my entire healthcare team. So I just found a functional medicine doctor and she has an entire page of a new patient survey that you actually have to describe your poop and like color <laughs> and size. I'm like, should I just take pictures for you at this point? Like, <laughs> so it's amazing when um, people actually want to have that conversation and trying to shy away from like the embarrassment of talking about it because it's so important. It is. I believe it's no longer as taboo as maybe it once was, you know, um, talking about poop because it is, you know, everybody does it. It's like we talk about it like, oh, everybody poops every single day, you know? <laughs> so it's like, okay, it's not a, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Like, be, and there's so many dog people out there nowadays who have dogs and love their dogs <laughs> and they're picking up their dog's feces and many of them will look through it to see what's going on, but they can't talk about their own poop, right? I mean, uh, that's fun. Uh, I was just on vacation and one of my friend's dogs ate a leather purse. And so we were picking, oh my God. we were picking through poop to try to find the leather and make sure it was being passed. Side note. All right. Back on track. Back on track here. Uh, how do you challenge yourself fitness wise? You know, it's funny when I started in the fitness world, along with you back in yeah. the day, we <laughs> competed many times together. Um, for me, you know, I was quite young. I was not worried about my insides or my mental or my emotional state. It was all about looking good. It was all about squeezing into the skinny jeans, looking a certain way in a bikini. And so it was always about the aesthetical look. And now, and it's not that I'm old, 37, <laughs> uh, but as I get older and I look at sustainability and I look at feeling good and I look, about, uh, I look at all of those other aspects of life that are so much more important to me than the physical and the aesthetical, it's it's a lot more based now on what makes me feel good. And, you know, I obviously challenge myself in that aspect, but performance goals. So if I've, you know, in terms of, I've incorporated a lot more types of working out now. It's not just weightlifting, but if you look at weightlifting, it's, you know, can I push out a few more reps? Can I push out a little bit heavier weight? Um, can I out sprint my husband? Can I, you know, so challenges like that, and I'm a very competitive person, <laughs> and I have started incorporating more group fitness, which I wasn't doing at all in my bodybuilding days. It was a very solo sport, mm -hmm. and it's funny. I think a lot of people join bodybuilding to feel part of a tribe when really it is quite isolating. Yeah. So don't you find that? Yeah, because it was like you lose friends and family because you tell them that you have to do two hours of cardio and two hours in the weight room. So you can't spend time with anybody in your life. And so you alienate and then you meet new people, but everyone's trying to do their own workout and get their back built that their back session in. So they don't work out with you because that would take time away from their workout. Like <laughs> it's, it's absolutely, you're right. So I've started doing things like Legree body by Legree, mm -hmm. which is an awesome kind of Pilates on crack. I call it. I love it. I've been doing it twice a week and that's part of a group. So you're with a bunch of women, women are when they're in the, when you work out in a room with women, you, the, your own natural endorphins as well as theirs, you get this extra high. So when women work out together, you know that feeling when you leave of like, let's all hug and we're all best friends and everything. <laughs> that is a, that's a very normal. When women are in a room together, they feed off of each other's uh, endorphins. So I love that. And you, you know, you start talking and then you find accountability partners and it's great. I tried Orange Theory Fitness the other day for the first time. And as I said, I'm super competitive and I would have never, never done 30 minutes of crazy intervals that, you know, I would have stopped halfway through because 
we, we make our own little movies in our heads. Like I've done enough. I look good enough. I have other things to do. But when you dedicate yourself to an hour class where you can't leave because you have someone yelling at you, that's a new challenge for me. And I'm really enjoying that. So I challenge myself to put myself in a situation where I can't leave mm. because I'm really good at convincing myself that I've done enough after 30 minutes. Mm. <laughs> and um, I want to go back. You said something about how like we got into the fitness competition world for aesthetic reasons. And yeah. I, it's always the jumping point to, I would like to say it's a jumping point to a health journey from a pure visual fitness journey. But I wonder what makes that change happen. Like for me, it was my mother, and I, sh I think I shared this on my podcast editor interviewed me for uh, an August episode. My mom said, like, when are you going to stop prancing around bikinis and actually <laughs> show the world how strong you're becoming? And that's when I got obsessed with obstacle course races because I was actually, you know, ch I, like, couldn't go across the monkey bars the first time I tried. And then I could go, like, four more bars, and then I could finally complete it. So, like, wow. I, I could visually see my goals being achieved versus being subjectively judged on stage for how I looked. And I still look amazing now that I have physical and endurance goals. But like that was my point. So I, and I get it. Everyone has a different one, but I would like to, you know, try to find, and I don't know, I have this like new obsession. I would like to find how we can move those people faster into the health journey from just the fitness journey, because watching fitness competitors these days on social media just breaks my heart half the time in terms of such unhealthy self-esteem views and one health views in terms of how they're nourishing themselves. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you hundred percent. I wish there was a way. And I mean, I think, I think the more of when we do things like this, like this podcast and when people come out and people talk about their own journeys and, and why they left the stage. And I think it's helping. Um, but at the same time, there's a whole new breed of young women coming up and it's, you know, Robin, it's not the same. And I, you know, it's like my mom saying it was different when I grew up, you know, <laughs> but it's true, but it's not the same. Like, I know. I feel like my mom, but in a different context, but when we were competing, you know, I started competing over eight and a half years ago, things were different mm -hmm. because people were not, maybe it was a newer sport or maybe, you know, the aesthetic was a little different. Like I was going into it because I was like, I'm going to do bikini. These women look like Victoria's Secret models. They have curves. They have a certain per percentage of body fat. And, you know, I don't remember doing two a day cardios or anything like that. I did very limited cardio. I was blessed to have some great coaches who never strayed me really, you know, far off the beaten track. Um, so, you know, I did it always within a certain healthy lifestyle. I took it to extreme and by extreme, I mean, maybe taking fruit out, you know what I mean? That was my, <laughs> that was my extreme or doing an hour of cardio every day. But I mean, I never did anything that I couldn't go back to my regular life again without some sort of rebound or repercussion on my health. Mm -hmm. But what I saw towards the end of my journey, when I left uh, over three years ago was a lot of drug abuse was a lot of two, three a days was totally living on protein only, no carbs, not even in the, you know, not even the way of vegetables, um, total, um, you know, 
uh, uh, stacks of ephedrine and caffeine pills and things that I, I mean, I remember looking at protein powder for the first time when I started competing and I studied it and I was reading it. I brought it to my doctor. Can I take this? And this was just pure protein powder, you know, that you can, that seems like everybody and their grandma's on nowadays. Um, and I was scared to put that in my body mm-hmm. because I was so far, you know, removed from that world. And I was eating, you know, a pasta at home every day. I didn't know what a protein powder was. So, I mean, I came from a different world, but I see all of these things and they're scary. Mm-hmm. And I see girls one week looking like they're, you know, the statue of David and two weeks later looking like um, the marshmallow man, you know, the, the, the muffle, the marsh, the, what's his name? The Michelin Fluff, man. Fluff, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever his name is, <laughs> like fluffy and puffy. And I'm thinking that can't, First of all, that's not good for your body, but, you know, what did you do to your body for it to look like that? And why is it rebounding in this aspect? Mm-hmm. You, ha- you know, you have to ask yourself these questions. Are these things um, really worth it for a plastic trophy, for recognition, for 10 judges telling you that you're worth it? You know, wh- you have to look through other things for self-love, for self um, um Self-care. Self-care, yeah. self-love, all of these things. You can't be doing it on that realm. Yeah. And there's only few people that I can see doing it for other ways or for an extra push. Um, but it, it really is – it is turning into a sad world for me. But you can only, you know, you can only give your own – you know, people are going to do what people need to do. Yeah. And uh, I haven't taken a very strong stance on this podcast because I was a sponsored athlete with a supplement company that is really very much in that world. I have consciously completed the contract because it no longer serves me or my life. And I ha- so I haven't really taken a stance on fitness competitions. It seems like this is the episode to do it because my biggest thing is as I watch these girls is the self-esteem is so low, the deprivation, I've talked about that, like that I've openly talked about, like the deprivation diets and not having intuitive eating in your life, Um, the drug use, and even the small use of testosterone and messing with your hormones just scares me. And the adrenal fatigue is there. Not everyone wants to talk about it because when you have adrenal fatigue and you blow up after a competition, you hide and you don't post any pictures. So no one's actually sharing that stuff. But it scares me the testosterone use that is happening in women in fitness competitions and not understanding how that's going to completely mess up your system, especially if you're before childbearing years. Absolutely. It's, it is scary. And I know many people may not even be able to have children. You know what I mean? It's, it's sad. It's, it's, and the younger you get into these things, the more – because at a young age, we are already questioning things like where do we belong in the world – you know, what is my future like? I'm not good enough. Or, you know, there's lots of, you know, your 20s are all about that. So if you throw in fitness competitions and that's your new reality and that's your new um, standard of how you should look or what you should look like or how you should be judged in life, then, then it's really going to not go so well when you stop competing or you rebound or you have all of these issues that you just mentioned, you know, I was raised in a very strong household with big, big beliefs and morals and a huge foundation. So I was able to kind of brush it off being like, Hey, you're not going to affect me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm an alpha female, you know, I'm an alpha (laughs) female because I was raised in an alpha with an alpha female mother to the nth degree. So, you know, I am blessed to have that foundation, but what about these girls who are not, you know, raised in that kind of, um, atmosphere growing up 
you know, they were raised in maybe a broken household or a household that was not showing them what, what true, you know, what morals and a, a moral compass and a foundation is, then they're already lost going into it. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. So I guess these conversations will just bring light into the into the world. So if that they do end up listening to this, which I hope they are, then they can start doing their own research and really owning what they're doing to their bodies. Because at the end of the day, you can listen to two 30-somethings <laughs> chatting about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can make your own decisions. But just at least the, the thought uh, is potentially planted in your head if you are in that world. Okay, so let's get into how you nourish your body now and some daily or weekly nutrition habits. I th- we kind of went over them a little bit at the beginning, just that I like to sit down and, and, and eat a full eat. meal every day with yeah. my family. And that usually typically is dinner. And I am, you know, everybody at every local market knows me because I'm there all the time. Because one of my secret passions or secret vices is grocery shopping. I love grocery shopping. You know, okay. for some people it's stressful, but I would go every day because I like to buy my fresh. If we're having fish that day and it's kind of there, then I go to the store and I buy it that day. You know, today, actually on the weekend, my husband and I went to Costco for the first time in probably a year and a half. Oh, cause wow. I, yeah, because I'm not that Costco girl, but we needed a whole bunch of stuff. And after vacation and stuff like that, we needed a lot of things. And Costco's actually pretty good now at getting in some organic chickens. They actually had organic salmon. So they're doing a little bit of a better job of sourcing things out. And we needed some, whatever, some socks and some lunch bags for my daughter going back to school. So we ended up going to Costco. But Usually you'll see me, you know, uh, I know Tuesdays and Thursdays, my fishmonger at Loblaws will bring in fresh, sustainably um, grown, not grown, sustainably caught, caught, thank you, uh, fish. So I know Tuesdays and Thursdays afternoon, we're eating fish. So I go those days and Tuesday and Thursday nights, we have fish. And then on the off days, I know I'm going to go and I'm going to get some, you know, organic meat or chicken. And then once a week we do meatless and then, you know, we'll do eggs one night. But I mean, I'm always at the grocery store and I get inspired by what's going on. So, you know, I'm most likely going to be cooking asparagus in the spring. Not right now because it's not the best, you know, going into fall. Now I start looking at the root vegetables and we start doing other kinds of, and I love making recipes and my husband's a carpenter, so we have lots of heat. Every time he has scrap, beautiful wood from, you know, some kind of organic walnut wood, he'll, he'll, um, he'll bring me a scrap and he'll, he'll sand it down and he'll clean it with some kind of coating that's edible, like that, that we can use and put our food on. So I'll present it on a wood platter. And I just love, love, love doing things like that. Mm. So that's part that, that for me is part of my weekly nourishing, but I do make sure that I get my, protein in and I loosely count macros in my head. I'm not living on a, you know, I don't weigh my food anymore because I, it's not a goal of mine. Yeah. Um, but I make sure that, you know, in my head, I kind of do kind of, okay, Rita, did you have enough protein? Did you have enough carbs today? Are you, you know, towards the end of the night, if I'm feeling a little weak, I kind of go in my head, I go, okay, what did you eat today? You know, oh my God, Rita, you didn't have any carbs. You know, you just lived on shakes and vegetables because you were running around. So get some carbs in at dinner. So I might have a nice sweet potato puree or, you know, and, and then I'll have some, some popcorn at night, you know? So I always am doing kind of like a, a balancing act. Yeah. And if I know I have a crazy workout that morning, like I'm doing a crazy leg day followed by a, a walk in the park, then I make sure after that, apart from my shake, I'll have some fruit or, or something like that. So I always kind of do some balancing in my head, like a, like, um, 
like a bank account and I look how much money I put in, how much money I'm taking out. And I do a little bit of a, of a withdrawal or a, a, a putting in. Yeah. Deposit. I love. Deposit. Thank you. <laughs> we're good. We're good. Um, I love that you are loosely measuring it. Cause I think that's important. When I went on the autoimmune paleo diet, it kind of can be really strict and back into the world of, you know, lots of rules around how many cups of green vegetables I have to get, what kind of meat I'm supposed to eat. And I was, I was still doing a demo for the supplement company that I was sponsored by. And one of the Popeye's supplement managers was like, so are you not tracking your food anymore? I'm like, no. He's like, but how do you know your ratio of (laughs) like protein to carbs uh, to fats. He's like, don't you need to know this for this AIP diet so that like you are properly getting the right nutrients? And I'm like, you know what? Every now and again, I see complete value in inputting my food into my fitness pal because my food is very similar week to week. Um, And so I was like, thank you for that. That was a great reminder that something from my fitness competition days can still serve me. So input it every now and again, just to make sure that I am getting the right proportions. It's not too high in fat uh, or too high in protein. So I'm not getting too um, acidic or whatnot. So uh, there is value in it, but uh, it's more, it's more intuitive now. Like I know I'm getting for at least 40% protein if I'm doing this every single week. Absolutely. All right. If you have built up any stress in your day, how do you wind down at night? Yeah, good question. So I we used to watch TV and fall asleep with the TV. You know, I, I don't know if that's typical of many people, but, you know, we, my husband and I go, 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 go all day long. Then we would sit down to watch something on Netflix or something at 930 when we finally, you know, talked, put my daughter to bed, did the whole night routine, and then we both close our eyes. So we have both been trying to, we've been listening to podcasts. So Mm -hmm. we're listening and not watching because screen time is, you know, we're, I'm on a computer all day, you know, screen, we try to limit screen time as close to bedtime as possible, or we'll lie in bed and we'll read a book or we'll chat. And that helps uh, bring things down. I was seeing a traditional Chinese medicine doctor not too long ago. I'd say throughout a year, about a year, a year and a half ago, I was seeing her throughout the year. And she had me putting my feet in warm water every night, half an hour before bed and that just brings down your your cortisol and your adrenal glands. And that helped for a long time. Um, so that helped me when I would suggest to people if they're in a, in a state of kind of where things are at that level of stress and their adrenal glands are taxed and their cortisol is high, I would suggest incorporating some kind of daily habit like that. Um, I don't do it anymore because I don't feel the need. I do fall asleep really easily. Um, in that PM pack of vitamins that I talked about at the beginning, there is a calcium magnesium, which really helps calm your system and calms your body mm-hmm. on a, in a mineral level. Mm-hmm. And I do find that helps a lot. Uh, warm water at the end of the night, not eating anything really heavy right before bed. So we, we are late dinner people. So we eat dinner, we're European, we eat dinner anytime between seven and eight at night. So I won't do any more snacking after that. Cool. Um, because I know a lot of people are snacking at nine, 10 at night, and then trying to go to bed when your digestive system's acting up. So I don't, I wouldn't do that. There are some teas that I like at the end of the night. Uh, the odd time when I'm traveling a lot, I use a sleep spray by Isogenics that has some melatonin in it. That helps, but that's not something that I like to rely on. That's only if I'm jet lagged or my hours are all messed up. Like I just got back from Europe and things were like that. 
Um, and then my husband and I do look at each other and we do oh, the same way I wake up every morning and say gratitude. Um, we don't essentially maybe pray, but we say, you know, thank you God for, we do, I guess we pray because prayer, <laughs> prayer looks different for everybody, but we say, yeah. thank you God for this beautiful day and for gifting us with another day and for these beautiful things that happened today. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, good night and I love you. And, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. We, my boyfriend and I have the same practice. I always yell at him before we yell. Yell is a strong <laughs> word. But sometimes it's like three things <laughs> and because uh, we'll forget and I'll just like kind of pop out of sleep. And we constantly try to share three things a day that we're grateful for before we pass out for the night. So I love that. And the whole warm water for your feet, I wonder if that's a perfect suggestion for people that – because I'm a big bath person. But so many mm-hmm. people have reached out and been like, I'm not a bath person. Like I don't want to bathe in my own filth. I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> I know they like almost ruined baths for me. I'm like exactly. I love my Epsom salt baths, but I love that like if you're not a bath person, doing that at least for your feet <laughs> is a great, great compromise. Yeah, the the doctor said as long as your um, ankles are covered, then you're fine. So I mean, anybody can find even a little bucket if they don't even have a bath. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're living in an apartment, and you don't have a bath for whatever reason. You know, yeah. just make sure that you have warm water up to your. You know, that's something that's. That's a great practice that anybody can do. And I really think screen time, shutting it down is great, not only for us, but for our children, right? Because we're so used to just throwing the kids in front of the TV and then, hey, it's time for bed. And then we're wondering why they can't go to bed. My daughter reads, she, she reads these things called the Wimpy Kid Diaries and she has the holes. And so she has one beside her bed every night and she reads, we let her read for about 20 minutes before bed and then lights out. And that's a great practice to have. Awesome. So we've come to the end of the show. My favorite question, um, because it's so different for everyone. It's one of those where people go, ooh, good question. What is your definition of happiness? That is a good question. (laughs) Um, I think it is when you can choose your how, your why, your when, and your what, and with who. So I think if you're in that state of saying no to people without having to tell them why, you know, you know, just a simple no, you know, I just might not feel like it, you know, not because I have to wash my hair, I have a thousand other things to do, but no, you know, that's not going to, that doesn't serve me right now. That doesn't mean I don't like you. That doesn't mean I won't like to have a coffee with you in a week. Just right now, it's not good for me. Um, and you can choose what you want to do with who you want to do it, when you want to do it, and how you want to do it, no matter what that looks like. I love it. Thank you so much for your time today on the show. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, I was like this, I wish I could do this every day. You know, it's funny. And, it, you know, I'll be real and raw with you. This is into in your listeners and to our listeners, but. This is the third time I think we tried to connect because both of us were, we've been trying to connect since May, I believe. And we, you know, yeah. things would come up and mean, meetings would come up and I would see your name in my book next week. And be like, oh no, but I really got to answer my team and I got to do this and life gets in the way. And, and it's funny. And I do a mastermind call once a week with two other girls um, who are ones in California, ones in New York. And we have this weekly call and I see it sometimes. I'm like, oh, but I could really 
write a blog. I could really work on my <laughs> plan. You know, I could really work on this person's plan. And every time I get together with them or every time I do a podcast like this or every time I connect with a woman like you who, who feel, fuels my soul and my spirit, I'm like, I have to do this more often because I feel like I get more out of it than anybody else, right? So, so thank you, Robin. Thank you for, for reaching out and for doing this. Yay. I just, uh, I just want to inspire more people to find their work-life harmony. So the more chats I can put out into the world, the more inspiration for others to gleam from. Beautiful. I love it. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice and leave me a rating and review. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com. That's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And join us next week for another inspiring chat. I hope you have a spectacular day.